That was the beauty of Kanye West, ladies and gentlemen. No matter what they say. <laughs> he, if, if this uh, little video has any insight into what his new album is going to sound like, I just want to say I am I'm I'm ready. very much I'm hyped, up. yes. <sighs> you got to get that hype. So hype, what was hype, that hype. song? Was that like a remix of the Scoop de Whoop song? No, it was Kanye performing that song in the Uganda right now. Um, for a, a small crowd of people, um, I don't know who exactly, but yeah, he was there. The paid audience. The paid audience. Somebody, somebody was filming it, so it's just like him performing in this like little dirt patch that he rented <laughs> out. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you? But uh, yeah, guys. That was the Dodger game. They won, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They're going to the series. They're going to the World Series, dude. Y'all hear yeah. they're going to the series, honey. Once again, and if they fucking lose again, I swear to God. Bet your whole house on it, everybody. I'm gonna Bet go your whole life savings. I'm going to go postal. Go postal on people. Yeah. You ever seen the movie Rampage? That's going to be me. The gorilla? The gorilla. No. Isn't that the name of the movie with The Rock? Rampage. I think that's a different. I'm thinking different of the ramp- shooter rampage. But that is the name of the movie, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, it is. That's what it's called. <laughs> rampage. <laughs> Y'all got to check out that movie, Terrified, on Shutter. Oh, is Terrified. Is it a prequel to Terrifier? No, not at all. <laughs> But uh, it's really good. I think y'all would dig it. I will. It's about, uh, it's, about it's like a Argentinian horror film, which was interesting to see. Um, but it's like a classic ghost detective story in a way. Um, but the they the director plays around a lot with like plot narration and uh, differences in timeline and stuff and story structure and it's it's honestly really good. Like. It's a lot of shit you think is going to happen, doesn't happen, and other shit. Like a lot of good, really good twists and turns and stuff. And some cr- actual creepy-ass imagery. I mean, from the I'll name alone, that's kind of what you would expect. But I was genuinely startled at some points. So. <laughs> You're funny, dude. You guys ever see so, um, check it Under out. the Shadow? Yeah. Or Under the Shadows? Yeah, that one's good, too. Yeah, it's pretty good. I just stumbled upon it again last night, and I was like, oh, you know what? I remember really liking this. I liked it a lot, honestly, and I like that it's just like, uh, you know, a, a mother and her child. You know, there's a, some kind of reminded me of Baba Duke. similarities. Yeah, I, I could see that, and like the old creepy man kind of deal, that is similar to uh, Terrified as well. So there are... I don't know, like, that one is interesting also because it it plays on the element of, like, being in war and the, and then, like, the terrors of war as well coming back to haunt you. Yeah. So, and it takes place it. in Iran, too, so that's Iran. also, like, really interesting that it's another country's one. kind of horror film. 
Boom. Live in the real nightmare. Either you have a fucking ghost in your basement house or you have a fucking bomb coming on your ceiling. Yeah, so either exactly. way, it's all bad news. It's all terrifying. Deep. I did see Terrifier, though, and I must say, that was stomach-churning. Like, some of that you stuff I found hard to, to watch, and, yeah, it well, was pretty gruesome. Ter- really? What did you, what did well, you like find hard to watch? I have never, ever in the film seen someone get sawed in half, starting from their groin to their Oh, uh, yeah, neck. I forget that they do that. That was the most intense. That was one of the most intense things I've ever seen on film. Was it like a slow sawing? It's not a slow sawing, but it's the way it's done. It's the fact that it's a woman who's who it's being done to as well. And I think it's because I didn't think that they would show any of it. Like you're going into a motion to. She got wishboned. Basically. Going into a scene that's as brutal as that, I would think that they wouldn't want to show as much because it seems kind of exploitive. Uh-huh. But they fucking just went for it. And I, I applaud them on doing that. But god damn, I found myself even like, <laughs> oh, dude, this I like is that fucked up. Yeah. I like that <laughs> movie because really it's like about more so the killer than it is about these like stupid people coming in his way and getting Exa- murdered. Exactly. Up. And, he, uh, and he's actually ter- like he's a fucking crazy ass killer like, yeah like when he comes into the pizza place and he's just like sitting there staring at them oh Do god re- yeah, yeah. disgust oh man like so, i don't know i don't like clowns he, he goes into the bathroom remember and they kick him out and there's like there's <laughs> shit everywhere get the it's shit like, out on the wall yeah <laughs> it's like every fucking disgusting <laughs> um that guy that character is is part of like a saga of films is he? Yeah, there's like a he's it's oh. he's like part of a series like I forget the names. Um, Interesting. He's, he's in a shared universe. All, yeah, All Hallows Eve is another one of the, oh. the where this character is present, and there's another one I think, but I know All Hallows Eve um, looks pretty fucking crazy. Now I'm looking at it. it I, was, I liked him as a character. Yeah, he's a cool. He's a cool villain killer guy. And I like that. Like the main character, you know, gets gets it pretty bad and then yeah. her sister has to come in and then I like that kind of switch in, in uh, plot and stuff and yeah uh, but yeah other than that it was extremely gruesome and I again that scene itself was one of the most fucking terrible <laughs> things I've ever seen Jawan and I uh, just saw Halloween over the weekend it's very oh, nice. on Thursday actually it surprisingly uh, it's good I actually the more I think I about it. it the more I'm like damn I really enjoyed that yeah, it it sits very well. It was one of those like the same with Terrifier that didn't really beat around the bush with these like characters coming in the way of the main villain. You know, they just really yeah. put the emphasis on how unstoppable and evil the the killer is, pretty much. Yeah, he's not uh he's not made to be like they don't try to explain him or any shit like that. He's not some part of some fucking cult or bullshit. He's just a really he's just, a he's just an incarnate of evil. Pretty much, yeah. So that's dope. I'd recommend. I really it. enjoyed it. Yeah, I would recommend it. That's like the I was telling Josh is like I don't think I've seen like a big mainstream slasher to be that good, and uh, I don't even yeah. know. There's like no, there's just nothing really to compare it to because there's not a lot there, mm-hmm. unless you like look into like indie films. But that's a little different. And it's so easy to fuck up a franchise and just like make it corny, like they did for like the last few like 
Halloween Resurrection and the Revenge and all the other ones that well, came I'm out in the nineties. This is like the eleventh installment in the entire franchise. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes, I didn't even is. know that, that there was that many. That's dude in the nineties. I feel like there was one. There was a lot that came out. I, I think or early uh, odds like the Rob Zombies don't count. Well, I guess they do. Yeah, so there's eleven. Although three doesn't isn't actually like anything related to Michael Myers at all. Yeah, it's mm. not. Huh? It's just a name. Uh, that's just an anthology film. So then this one takes place right after the first one, right? Yeah, so they rebooted everything and everything from all two, four, all of those no longer count. So he's not related to Laurie Strode. He doesn't have the – he's not part of, like, that weird cult with uh, the Curse of Thorn or some shit. Paul Rudd <laughs> doesn't exist in this universe. Buster Rhymes never beat his ass. <laughs> Yeah, I like that they just. Slate. I like that they kind of acknowledge all the like other little like plot lines in this Halloween, and just like no, it's not true. Like they're all just like rumor. Like the rumor is just Michael Myers. There's nothing else to it. It's just like he's yeah, just this do, fucking maniac. They do address basically. the fact that they're related, and it's like no, that that wasn't actually a thing. Yeah, that's really interesting funny. too because like from all the stuff that I've been re- uh, that I was trying to like read up on for to speak about today, like a lot of what you know because. Wait, okay, well, first off, who did the original Halloween? That was Carpenter, correct? That yeah. was Carpenter. Okay, so like he's part of this kind of crew that came out in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. That were making films that had a... They knew what they were in terms of genre films, and they knew that they were kind of counter-cultural works because they wanted to demythologize a lot of the sort of horror tropes and themes that were used at the time, and instead you know envision them in a way where it's like you're because we were looking from the outside in correct from all a a lot of the monster movies that had come out previously you knew what it was that was attacking you or was Mm -hmm. going to try and kill you so it was easy to pin your sort of anxieties on but now you get this new group of filmmakers who are making films about the eruption of the suburban life and this kind of like you know darkness under the under the shingles of the of a good natured family and whatnot and it just explodes that whole theme of um of civility and it again demythologizes a lot of these characters that are supposed to you know incorporate all of our anxieties all of our woes so that we can kill them and be relieved and instead makes them part of us which makes it more terrifying and it almost sounds like this again, like you're saying, like in the movie, it has to recognize that, yes, all of these other mythologies of the Michael Meyer characters exist, but nothing is truer than the actual character, which right. is from the original movie. Yeah. So it demythologizes all of that in order to reassert why our fears are so, you know, palpable. That and it just got too muddied. Like, they, they those movies got convulsed really fast, like super fast. I mean, like, I mean, if you watch yeah. the fifth one or the one with Paul Rudd, like that one ends abruptly. Like literally, they're about to like go into the third act, and then Paul Rudd shows up and has a pipe, hits him like three times, and then the movie ends. And it's like suddenly they're just the police are there, and everybody's like, "All right, it's time to go. He's dead. He's gone." <laughs> like it jumps. Like it has so no. Harder. There's That's no so weird. <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, I, I don't remember it's this. And I watched end. it with Eric and then we were like, that ended really weird. And I was like, maybe this version of the movie, like, did I stream like a fucked up version that's missing like 20 minutes? Turns out that it had production problems. So they just like 
scrapped uh, most of the third act. <laughs> and they were like, let's God. just end it right there. Because you, you could just see just him get hit once. Up. They just did not and care. It, his mask like starts oozing this like weird color shit, and then it just like next scene the police are there and they have them all in like the blankets. It's like oh man, the nightmare's over. Yeah, I mean it's and just like Michael Myers is such a simple character. He's not like a Jason who has this weird deformity, or he's not like a Freddy Krueger who has this like mythical aspect to him. He's just a guy like a maniac. Mm-hmm. So it's like how much can you really yeah. expand on this character without either replacing Michael Myers as the killer, but having someone take on that like persona of it. Or make this other like muddied up mythology around Michael Myers, and that's why yeah, I, I, I making liked him a god monster. Yeah, that's why I yes. liked this one because they re- they're like, no, like he got captured in Halloween one, he almost got murdered, now he's just in this weird confinement, and they're gonna transfer him, and he's just this maniac that no one, nobody can understand, nobody can break through. He's just like you said, the incarnate of evil, and that's all you really need with a character like Michael Myers. I mean, with most characters too, yeah. you know, like it's keep it simple and. Make him a little more overpower, like overpowering, so he's a little more brooding, so you understand that there is this other like uh, superhuman aspect to him. But just keep yeah, it simple. Like, he's just a killer. He's just there's no you can't he's a really you, good killer. You can't ever understand his motives other than he's just a maniac. Exactly. Yeah, and it's really great because it it gives you just enough breadcrumbs so that you could piece mm-hmm. together something like he said, something supernatural. But there's never enough. Nothing substantial. It's just like little bits and pieces that yeah. if you really want to look into it, if you like the movie, then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess you could explain something. He's just clever. He just it never does, gives you he, a, a clear answer of what it is. Yeah. He's just he, his just strength is his like one superpower. And he's just everyone around him. He's like just an idiot and getting away from this guy and just crumble under the fear. And he's just so yeah, and that, calm. And it's pretty interesting to make it like they made the character – like this void or vacuum that anybody yeah. who really does try to understand Michael Myers gets essentially either it. gets yeah. killed or loses their mind. Like yeah. they just become obsessive about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what happens. That's basically where the movie takes place where it's like Lori is just no longer there anymore. She's just she become got... like, she went from victim yeah. to like a survivor yeah. over the course of 40 years. That's true. That is a good point. Yeah. He is just this void. That anyone yeah, just getting this, near him is yeah. just either killed or your life is just committed to Ruined. the mystery. Like of you're a mentally just like obsessed and mm-hmm. your life goes to shit. Yeah. So, so it's entertaining for the listeners. Check it out, man. Go check it out. Caesar, you should check it out as well. It's good. I it's good. Definitely want cool music. Joel, we're like talking that. about how it's, it's Carpenter that still did it. And well, right. He, he still did this soundtrack. Carpenter and somebody else. Uh, uh, yeah. Helped usually I forgot. But they, you Michael. can definitely hear the like modern instrumentation in this. Uh, version of the Halloween soundtrack. It's cool. Yeah, it keeps the bulk of the soundtrack intact so that everything recognizable is there, but adds a little, just a few modern touches to really like, okay, this is good. Yeah. Like, to keep totally. it up with the pace of everybody. Yeah. Shout th- out to Danny McBride, too. Yeah, you can definitely see that's- his sprinkles and dialogue, as we were talking about. You can just feel like, oh, that's, there you go. It, it, there is a, like a comedic uh, little is sprinkle over it's it, funny. too. Yeah, it is pretty funny. And it's good when, because when it is, well, people uh, yeah. don't really re- don't realize that you need that like emotional break from the terror and the fear to right. like make it a more well well rounded film as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So for the listeners again, go see that movie. I was talking to you too. I was wondering like in the Halloween films, it always seems like there's these people who have this obsession over Michael Myers. And I know in real life, we definitely have people who obsess over like serial killers and like will write to them when they're in jail, you know, and like commit their lives to understanding them. Do you think 
like a mastermind like John Carpenter has that problem? Like, do you think he gets weirdos like sending him information or like of saying course, like I'm gonna yeah. kill people? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna live out your Michael Myers. Like I am him for you. Like, <laughs> like do you think people I do think, that shit to him? Like they I must, think any right? Celebrity like Wes yeah. Craven makes a piece of art that might be. But I mean, sort like. Of, um, Counter revolutionary. I feel like any sort of person who makes something like that, uh-huh. a, a person <laughs> will use that to their advantage, no matter creepy, yeah. which crazy way they see fit. Like making Catcher in the Rye your excuse to go murder Kill someone. John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it just doesn't, of course, it doesn't make sense. And I'm sure, you know, Salinger never, mm-hmm. uh, he never wanted intended for that. Yeah. Him to die. But it's like, <laughs> this is a person, you're putting your art into the world and, it's to be interpreted whatever way people see fit. And unfortunately, some people do it in the most sadistic way. I mean, it's like you said, Caesar. nobody really expects to put out anything and somebody to just obsess about it into that <laughs> realm where they go psychologically somewhere else off the path, basically. Yes. And not to mention, they're, if a person does do that, they're completely missing the point of what the film was doing depicting to begin with you know like this is a film about a crazy man killing you know like a supposed good-natured family going into this suburban uh neighborhood neighborhood and just kind of just disrupting this way of life that is supposed to be peaceful and that's like exemplified in the real world in terms of how people feel about their fears of society and you know and this sort of like ongoing integration of all of these uh cultural maladies that are coming out now and especially then during the 80s like i'm sure when halloween came out originally people were fucking terrified because it's like now people can't now people can't think that just because i'm not an evil person or just because like i don't uh i don't present myself in a way that is identifiably evil nothing bad can ever happen to me. And in this instance, it's like, no, even good people are going to get fucked up and get killed. Like, yeah, nobody's safe. part of yeah, exactly. And that's like just part of the process of living with like a very sort of, you I, know, I feel like Halloween made like the terror society. I feel like Halloween made the terror of people. Um, like what's the word? Like the terrors of a serial killer coming to your town real. Like I meant it like, tangible yeah it it brings it very much home because at that point either it was like scenario based Mm -hmm. where it's like you know there wasn't any you know halloween birth the slasher subgenre or at least is one of like the godfathers of it and up until then you pretty much only had like psycho and maybe some like random obscure european film but yeah that was the one that really brought it to that was the one that brought it in the mainstream and even then those Mm -hmm. usually dealt with like the occult or something else deeper there was it wasn't like as straightforward as just a guy who started killing people at like eight years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the original title of Halloween was the babysitter murders. So the whole process, <laughs> the whole aspect oh, of wow. it was to like bring it to that hometown, like the anywhere hometown fear, yeah, and fear anything dark, is yeah. susceptible to this. It's like, Lock your it's windows. not like psycho where, Oh, you're in a really in the middle of nowhere. And there's just a random hotel with a creepy guy. It's like, yeah. you could be in the comfort of your home and somebody mm-hmm. can just fuck you up. Yeah. right then and there very very easily and get inside of your house way more easily Which, than you think and you think you're safe because you have like a couple of doors locked but i feel like the more windows you have and more yeah. doors in your house the more likely you are to get broken into and like halloween is very much in an upscale like neighborhood shot you know like all the houses are gigantic and like 
most people living in that like socioeconomical status like are probably not thinking of somebody coming into their house and murdering them at night you know too and i think halloween br- brought that to home for many of those people because again like the bigger your house the more options there is for a maniac to get inside there yeah totally. and then, I, I mean it's like your little slice of suburbia invaded that home invasion yeah, genre yeah, yeah. Home and it, uh, it it takes on this like sort of class element because I'm glad you brought that up because I mean if we look at horror as this sort of idea that like you know this petite bourgeois sort of neighborhood can never experience like I said this sort of terror to happen there because they don't identify themselves as being necessarily evil yet they play along in this class structure throughout life that gives them these sorts of privileges that lets them sort of mm-hmm you know, wreak a new kind of evil onto people without rec- fully recognizing that. And for them now to be placed in the same position as, say, someone who was, like, uh, homeless or poor who has no sort of security, they're just, you know, they can be killed whenever, however, because they don't have a home, say, or they don't have protection, you mm-hmm. know? They don't have the sanctity of their neighborhood to protect themselves and now that that's being invaded and encroached upon it's that reaction to the this petite bourgeois classes society that now their sorts of fears and revelations are being uh physicalized in the shape of this monster that's now coming to take what's theirs basically yeah and that has no explanation to it and no reasoning behind it yeah, and exactly. then I really like that the film sort of touched on that. The the Laurie Strode has become so paranoid that she there's a scene in the movie that where she breaks into her daughter's house and the it's like, Look, you left the her window version, open, right? your doors unlocked. Yeah. And that's great because it really touches on that whole home invasion aspect where it's like you're not as safe as you are and I could have just gone in your house and like none of you noticed up until I started making noise upstairs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like back to like that class thing, I mean I feel like a lot of people see living in a bad neighborhood and like an apartment structure has more of a threat to your personal home, you know, where it's like going back to like Halloween, like you can be in a good suburban society and you're still going to get murdered by some unforeseen threat. The shape the will shape. come and get you. Yeah. Uh, Halloween, man, a very layered film. If you really <laughs> start looking into it. Well, any, so I feel like any sort of horror is going to incorporate those themes, you know, because again, it, it's like, and I feel like it's always going to be that sort of, especially horror now, because we've recognized that a lot of the horror we have is internalized, and then mm-hmm. we we present it out into the world in a way that like makes us paranoid, makes us uh, volatile, makes us reactionary, and we're already seeing that now. Like it's it's interesting to see that in an era where people let their kids go out for odd hours of the day without any sort of contact and just with the with the hope that they would return safely and they make movies like this that are supposed to scare you into not leaving your home into mm-hmm. not leaving your safety right and now and now in our cultural realm it's like we don't have that sort of safety where people don't let their kids go out because they're so terrified of what might happen to them. And our art and our horror films don't readily, I think, reflect that as much because the horror today seems to be more focused with like, uh, like anxieties within ourselves rather than a sort. I mean, it depends on where you're looking, right? Because 
of course, if you look in the supernatural, you're going to get supernatural. If you want a yeah. monster film, you're going to get a monster film. But for the most part, they reflect those those cultural ties. And I, I think we're so paranoid as a society nowadays, but we don't usually reflect that in our horror as much as I would like to see. Maybe recently there has been like the stuff that we've talked about that's come out recently definitely has elements of that but not as much as it did back in that day and i wonder if it was that sort of idea of safety that made them want to push back on that you know Mm -hmm. definitely nobody had disrupted it and now at this point i mean there's it's open for a resurgence but at this point like it's kind of done so people i think right now horror is more in like the occult, or more cults, not the occult, just cults in general. Like, I feel like yeah, that's the current that's trend. True, because huh? I thought about, like, I just watched The Invitation, which touched upon it. And the whole aspect of, like, not trusting your own friends, which is also yes. that one movie with the comets. Um, it, like, flies over and... The comets. Uh, it's like they're at a dinner party and a comet flies over and now they are open to, like, multi- like a multiverse of themselves. Whoa. <laughs> What's... What is that? <laughs> well, basically, I'll, I'll look it up. But basically, okay. the gist of the movie is that, you know, it's not really a supernatural threat that breaks them up. It's the fact that they can't trust each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the same way that the invitation kind of plays on that, like, there's no dis- once that, like, you erode the, the trust amongst people that you know. Wasn't that like, what the premise was to it comes at night? Wasn't that the whole, like, fear see, of, that, that's a great, of the neighbor? That's another example, yeah, too. It's, it is. And I think you're definitely right about that Joel. where it's like more so about yeah it's it's about not trusting the people that you're supposed to trust who have been put into these positions of like um like these transactional moments of emotion where you you put a lot into this person to not do anything to you and then they completely reveal themselves to not be who they are and then are trying to kill you and i think the invitation yeah, that one was I, – I love that film a lot, honestly. And I think it does – like, I think you're right. Like, there seems to be a lot more cult stuff happening nowadays in terms of, like, this sort of, like, tribalistic horror where it's – you need to be part of your crew. And if you stray away, that's – the fear of straying away is what creates the horrific elements to for that group to, like, now kill you. But it's also that idea that, like, if – I it's like I'm going to change. I'm going to be a different person if I stray away from what I've known this whole time, you know. And that in itself is becomes cultish because you're going from one cult to another essentially. That and it just plays on the fact that like your relationships are very fragile and more fragile than you assume and pretty much it's crazy how fast people will just turn on one another <laughs> once like the the pressure's put on them. Or once their once their goals are are um, uh, on their horizon, like I think it really reveals this sort of this kind of like hate for humanity in a way, or just this observe this observation that humanity will never be able to trust itself with each other. So it, I don't know. It, it it's almost like because like all of those horror films, you know, really reveal this terrible monster side that's within um that's within ourselves and that can come out at any moment and i to me that seems more terrifying because it's it's so reactionary and you never know when it's going to fucking pounce on you but i think it's great that like i think it's great that horror can do that because 
it's supposed to reflect those social anxieties that we all have and put them on the screen to either give us a sense of catharsis and a sense of relief, you know, because um, after all, like watching horror films raises your heart level to a a point where you can like burn calories, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's the whole, that the point is that you go through this state of such shock and, uh, and fear, but you come out of it uh, with the most, almost a sexual sensation of just grat- gratification and relief. <laughs> I feel like more modern movies are more like focused on that. And like, I don't know. Do you think that in the eighties that that was what their intention was with the like mass amount of just like monster movies that were coming out? Like, cause a lot of them are very much silly looking too. So do you think like, yeah, it was that layered when they were creating just these, like, like the toxic Avenger. And that's not a, uh, horror film but it was very much in that category of like weird like animatronic monsters coming out and then you know like i don't know i well, think a, a, sorry ahead, a lot of the, the a lot of the slasher films you also have to think that a lot of the ones that were being churned out were really just profit driven and no you know not really with any creative intent For more sure like hey halloween films, though, but i mean know, like did well but so i mean let's like the, start uh Friday the 13th, which is just like really birthed just a knockoff. Yeah, that was just a straight knockoff. But I just mean the whole monster aspect about it. Like, do you think that there was an underlining message behind the huge wave of creating monsters? Or do you think it was just due to technology, like kind of coming to a new bloom where they were able to create these more, I guess, quote unquote, realistic looking for the time? Uh, well, I also, I also think it was that like, so the monsters that were around in previous films like, you know, I mean, you're going back to, like, the 40s and shit with, like, the creature of the Black Lagoon, you know, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These monsters were all, like, very... They had a mess. There was a message to those monsters, for sure. Of, of Each course. Each of those, definitely. yeah. But what I mean is that, again, they were physicalized and interpreted in a way that it was detached and removed from your person. So you didn't have to feel associated with that creature in a sense, like, yeah. and and it makes you feel more re- relieved when they die because you know that they weren't part of you. But when the these new sorts of uh, animatronics and technologies came about, especially with like making like what are they like plaster molds and shit, and mm-hmm. like using a lot of like different like rubber and silicon and stuff to make you know heads explode and shit ooze out and these fucking tumors grow out of people. I think that's what changed the idea of what a monster could be because then people started realizing, well, we can change the way the body looks with this technology. So why not put the monster in someone like what's more terrifying seeing a monster come running at you or knowing that a monster's inside trying to rip its way out of your fucking or not that, even knowing. Yeah, or, or not, not even like knowing. Yeah. Seeing it happen. Yeah, you're <laughs> just, just living it all of a sudden. Your body decay and rot. Like that's terrifying because it's ultimately um, replaying the notion of mortality over and over in your head that you have absolutely no control over the interior of not only your body but your like life in general. You know, and anything can be made to be manipulated within your body. And I I mean, that's why David Cronenberg, when he came out, he was the master of body horror. He was the master of making people squirm in their seats because it was so uncomfortable to watch fucking 
Videodrome and watch a man stuff a VHS into his stomach, you know? Like, <laughs> I think as cheesy and as corny as it, a lot of people may say they still look, I think that a lot of those 80s films still hold up too. Because, like, people try oh, to make, make body horror films now too. Like, The Human Centipede definitely was one that it's like, oh, God, like, I don't want to look at that anymore. But something about the, <laughs> yeah. the plasticky look and, like, the fakeness of it in the 80s, like, it still kind of makes you definitely cringe looking at it. Like I was watching the thing, which Jawal me brought the other day too, and like just seeing that the, when they first discover the body with the two faces, you're like, oh god, like what the fuck? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look realistic, but the morphed face, it does look realistic, and it does. And obviously, yeah. you can tell like it is like a plastic mold, but right. at the same time, the way it just like stretches, and yeah. you can see like the strain on the neck uh-huh. just like morphing <laughs> out. It's so good. Yeah, and it, but it's Carpenter it, Man, and it's true. It's just that it's this sort of because I think as humans we can recognize that when we because it's also this you know sort of standard that we've built up throughout our culture that like humans are made to look a certain yeah, way, yeah. and uh, the second that they di- divert from that sort of genealogical line of how we're supposed to look. People just immediately react with a sort of revulsion or a disgust because it's just abnormal. It's naturally abnormal to look at, and when you re- when it when you make that and put it on a screen to where it starts, you know, either infecting everybody or it's you know like a like a zombie outbreak, for instance, or with the thing when it starts literally splicing with our mm-hmm. genes. I think that's also what creates this uh, horror is because you realize that these new hybrids or these new mutations are just sort of dead end genealogical beings because they can't reproduce first off. And secondly, they're just like, they're they're just a means to an end there. They end up destroying themselves and because they like, are biologically unstable beings, you know, and that's also really terrifying to to look at. It's that body horror. It's making you cringe. Like the it's fly, definitely. the fly Watching for sure. Yeah, fucking um, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum just rot away into <laughs> and become, you know, this disgusting look it, honestly i like the dog that, more in the fly too Ooh, it's really gross watching him morph into that thing like he has to like vomit acid onto his food to eat it and shit <laughs> it's really funny see stuff like that it's just so like theatrical and you know like, it really and it's like it is comedic you know yeah. because i mean like when people think of like people farting or you know like pissing on someone or like getting someone getting hit with shit or i don't know just like these very vile excremental things that we use as comedic tropes in other films Mm -hmm. but then once you use it in a way that it's like oh man this is this guy's reality like this isn't just a one-time deal you know this is his life now living this way that's a fucked up way of going about it (laughs) (laughs) but um that i i and again, I don't necessarily see it as. I mean, there's a difference nowadays in terms of the way body horror is sort of like making a comeback and playing uh-huh. on different realms, like um, the idea of like uh, the female body being this sort of like primal animalistic being, and it 
comes out in different ways, like in uh, Raw with uh, Julia Ducournau's film, mm-hmm. and just this idea that, or, or you know, even with the witch going back with the witch, how she is uh, Thomason is like inherently evil you know she's born with these evil qualities and it all it needs is to come out to reveal itself and i like those aspects of body horror with uh you know specifically females but for the most part i i've always thought that fear or like horror films have to do with the anxieties of of the male gaze and sort of like the male body in general and our fears of what can happen to men I, I don't know like i mean women are just like are always painted off to just be more vulnerable in film i think too and to see the tables turn where the women are the one making men be vulnerable is definitely more frightening to us now too totally yeah and it and it def it's like a reassertion of this patriarchy exactly, and also yeah. breaking it at the same time mm-hmm. and again with like with alien for instance it's the fear of a man being impregnated yeah that that makes the horror so much more real because and it's not only you're birthing <laughs> this funny, fucking yeah. child you're birthing like a, a an alien a creature not even a not not child that's just a well, I'm, I'm just saying like yeah. i'm taking the idea of yeah. pregnancy and that's i mean that's why that that's that scene of uh of john hurt i believe it's his name is so iconic of the fucking creature bursting through his stomach because it's just it's the male birth. So That's the only way. If a yeah, male is going to give birth, it's going to be the, the, through the explosion of your chest. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, <laughs> I mean, I, I like that idea of men being artificially inseminated, you know, yeah. and the, the, the our anxieties being physicalized and personalized onto the screen because for the most part, women in horror films either you know they're they're kind of like a side character where either they get killed off sometimes because the men end up killing them mm-hmm. or they become the hero and outwin like we're saying like break this patriarchal mold yeah. and become the victorious but i think in every single horror film it's absolutely relevant that it's like the it's this revelation of male anxieties being physicalized and them coming to reckon with it, which also destroys them in the end. Like that, it, that always seems inevitable. Yeah. Women do. They're the devil. Women are going to screw you over. Don't trust no female in life. They're the worst. <laughs> which is funny. Cause like no, I'm just that yeah. literally <laughs> was an idea that was going around in our history. And like people literally thought yeah. that, that when women were menstruating, they were having this satanic pact with the devil. Like, and I think a lot of that stems from, again, this male anxiety of female <laughs> sexuality and not knowing how to control it or manipulate it or take hold of it into their advantage. And because, you know, women are able to, um, to command that, I think that makes men super fearful about themselves because, it's the loss they, of power. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's a loss of power that some men don't even have for some, and they still think they do, which I think is hilarious as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's great to see that on film a lot of the times. Yeah, it's turning men back into children and having no way to f- control it and change the situation. 
exactly and i think yeah, that's a that's, I like that's that. a good fresh take on how films are being made now too and i hope more films continue to be made at least horror films you know because like again that's why we're saying like these 80s like remakes like they can't work anymore too because like women have so much more power now and just people have more power now too you can't continue to have this big brooding slasher come after like the babysitter anymore you know like yeah that yeah, trope exactly. is gone like there's women <laughs> yeah. have much more strength like that's why i like um your next so much too because that totally flips the script and like multiple attackers come for this woman and she just ends up fucking them all up too so mm-hmm. it's just for, like a fresh take and on it's that. and it's also enjoy. those like uh what what would you call them the sort of ambivalences of of character like the the kind of qualities to a character that because they're a woman a man would just completely overlook and then they end up paying for it in the end because they they don't see them as equal so therefore they can never do to me what i could do and then they have no control what do you over know? my intent. They're yeah. fucking, they've been in control this whole time. Like a uh, perfect example of that is Audition, dude. The guy in the whole, the whole Yo, time yeah. thinks he's in this position of power. He thinks he's like, he tricked this woman into coming for this fake audition. And he's just leading her on. He thinks he's in full control. And then all of a sudden he just gets wrecked on by this maniac of a woman that is completely unassuming throughout the whole film. But you get little hints that she's, she's coming from a bad place. Even uh, I mean, the first I... aspect of uh, VHS, the first little short film played oh, on that with the right, succubus. Right, yeah. Yeah, where they bring true. her home and they uh, they think... Where she these... seems super vulnerable and quiet and timid, but that was just all a ruse. And then it's all like, I feel like that's a big fear that a lot of women have too, is like multiple men coming and like whisking you away and leaving you like uncontrolled and you're stuck in this hotel room with no way, no means to escape. And then that short film totally flips the script too and yeah and, and then having these men get murdered five men being absolutely terrified of one person yeah exactly and then they get their they get their balls ripped off like through it too is great i loved it yeah i mean i wish i, I want to see more of that for sure because i think women have always played a very very prominent role in horror film in oh yeah gener- most in horror films in general and i mean what what a great way to use a lot of these themes and sort of metaphors of of the feminine spirit and the strength of, you know, a woman and put that onto screen to shatter these sorts of uh, patriarchal norms that we're so used to, you know, like, why not use that as a, a way to tell better stories? I don't get why people can't look at that and think that that's not a good idea you People know like the, uh, seeing strong women displayed on film is going to encourage other women like that's just how it i mean mm-hmm. which uh, is why i really to get back to halloween which is what i enjoyed because they made uh, jamie lee curtis's laurie strode so much more empowered and even though she, she's just this layered character and yet you do have the babysitter like archetype as the granddaughter but you you need her because she kind of grounds the story and without getting too into the film both the mother and the grandmother, Laurie Strode, end up empowering the younger generation. And it obviously, I think the last shot really kind of shows that, that now she's kind of not only carrying that trauma, but also that strength as well. Mm-hmm. And even in the, there's even like little tidbits where you see the, the Laurie Strode's daughter, the mother in the film, kind of empowered and kind of 
playing up that like archetype of like, oh no, I'm scared. Oh wait, no, I'm actually just like baiting you into something. Yeah, mm. she's trained. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's a really good example, and I think that'll that'll show. And it's I think it's it even has better been more and so, more yeah. fitting that it's her character because she sort of birthed the archetype of you know this damsel in distress in a horror film. Yeah, prom night. So did Sigourney Weaver too. Yeah. You think so? I think, I but think so. I think yeah. Halloween oh, yeah, sort totally. of usurped Sigo- Halloen. I, I mean, like Alien. Weaver, Alien. I think Halloween came out. Alien came out after, I think. But I feel like Sigourney Weaver it, was like the one of the first to be the empowered strong woman, not so much as like the fearful. Well, that happened more so in the second one. In the first one, she's more of a Jamie Lee Curtis kind of character. It's in the second one that she finally becomes as Ripley, the one we know. That's and true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But she doesn't make it in the end. I mean, like her, her her smarts outweigh her the the men's prowess and sort of you know base intellectualism and just like I I, I mean, in the end, they're all they were all stupid and they all die and she survives. So it's like it still reveals that you know, like that empowered nature of her of her character and you know, I I mean. What a great! That's a great choice to do, and I don't see why we don't do it more and use horror as the perfect venue to do that. You know, I think uh, in light of the fact that this Halloween movie made a lot of money, like seventy-seven million in a weekend, so I think maybe yeah. you'll start to see that, especially because Jamie Lee Curtis right. has been talking about it a lot and sort of making that the the main point of her press tours, like. This is what you need. This is what we need as characters. This isn't like if you look on her social media, she really talks about that whole like generational trauma and talking about empowering women and having mm-hmm. stronger roles that go beyond just like the damsel in distress archetype. Mm. So I think I because like of that. that success, we'll start to see more of that. As is, there's already a push towards that in film. And I think this totally. is just going to be more of a look, it can make you money kind of thing as well. Uh huh. Because I mean, that's what they're run on. You know, they want money ultimately. Because I I think in uh, in overall throughout horror history or horror film history, at least, there is this overarching theme that you know, the the males are the ones that kind of embroil themselves in this terrible plot and just kind of bring everybody else with them into it, and it's that also you know, brings women into the fold. And then, uh, and that's, what's great about it is that, so if we're going to stick to that mold, let's change it in a way that if this person is being brought into it, can she get out of it or can she, you know, come out victorious? And, um, nowadays I feel like I'm seeing that more, uh, Mm -hmm. which is great. Like, I mean, we've named a couple of them. We even talked about some of them. So I think that, as we see that more and more, and especially in a time with like Me Too and stuff, um, I think there's going to be a a reassertion of just those of breaking the patriarchy and making sure that we we have stuff that is rep- truly representational of you know our society. Yeah, and it's funny because I just watched uh, since we we're talking about '80s movies, I watched The Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the first time you see an empowered uh, one of the female characters. The lead from the first movie is Nancy, and she sort of comes back in the third film 
as sort of an experienced person who trying to help out the next generation of teenagers who are being fucked over by Freddy Krueger and sort of tell, tries to motivate them like, oh, because the whole aspect of the movie is that Dream some Warriors? of these teenagers... That's the one yeah, you Dream, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one. It's that funny because they learn one. how to fight Freddy, but not really in their dreams. And so one of them is actually gifted and Nancy sort of is there as like the survivor who's kind of learned what to do. And I think mm-hmm. that's like when I was watching it, it was pretty taken back that that's like the first time you really see that in horror where you bring back they one of the back. older characters to come back to try to like, oh, I'm actually more seasoned than this. Like you can empower <laughs> yourself if you just like believe you just in yourself learn. kind of thing. <laughs> Even though that movie is ridiculous and it's also got some amazing I, quotes. I always said that that would like Freddy Krueger wouldn't have been somebody to intimidate me because I would have been my own dream warrior from the start because you literally say I'm that in my dream. every time. Well, because it's true. <laughs> I, and you know what? I'm they all get murdered that, after I'm a couple minutes. You're just running and you're, you're scared deep down inside of him. Dude, like, I've oh, never. God, please, Freddy, don't come to my house. I've I'm never once. Man, bring his burnt claw ass up to I'm my really curse. Brave. See what happens. Amanda, hold me. Bring him we're gonna sedate you, and then we're just gonna show up in multiple Freddy costumes in your room, and just like, "What's up, bitch?" Well, if you sedate for, 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 me, for, for, for Freddy, you're lucky. My fr- <laughs> friends are he- here. Nah, well, they try that's to fight him, and they you... lose terribly. They literally sure. like get one hit on them each, and then they get murdered really badly. Well, so that, it doesn't uh, work. That well, for them, because they bitches. Of the, of the woman getting her head on the TV to the television. Yeah, it's your yeah, big yeah. break. Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> Dude. Um, as a kid, that was one of the main scenes I remembered seeing as a kid, which would scare me and watching it on your Instagram. I was like, damn, that was such a whack scene. Like, Freddy oh, just whack. I mean, it's funny, but like as a kid, that's, scene absolutely terrified me now it's yeah. i like that i can look at it and be like yeah fuck you freddy <laughs> hey fuck you pal i told you all he was the original deadpool yeah he was he was <laughs> very much so he's you a know, smart ass that is. is very true because he was breaking the fourth wall a lot and oh, all the he time knew, he was like playing around with his characters and, and the fact that he comes out in the fourth movie right into like the actress's real life and becomes a part that's of that. actually i think like the six or seven is that new nightmare <laughs> new yeah. nightmare there you go yeah, but that nightmare. i mean the, and he kills wes craven doesn't he or like doesn't she meet with wes craven in the film uh, yeah, to talk yeah about it's the, the, it, yeah. the meta film which is also like, really ahead Jesus of its time Christ. like 20 really years was. before anybody plays with the whole meta Maybe concept deadpool is just freddy Kr- like a ninja freddy krueger i mean so they're them? both red and black they're both, and they're burnt. both like fucked up and burnt. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I would I would one, not be surprised if who created Deadpool if they pulled a lot. Rob Liefeld. Really? If they pulled a lot, yeah. of, if he pulled a lot of inspiration. Robin Williams created Deadpool. Robin Williams. Yeah. Fuck, that's crazy. That's why he's so zany Good and over the top, bro. Vietnam. Oh, my name's Deadpool. <laughs> oh, oh, my Deadpool. Yeah, fucking. Anyways, he is the big. Freddy Krueger is the mascot for '80s fucking hilarity and cheesiness, like. If there's they're worth re- uh, revisiting as 80s movies. No, they're good. You know? Like The first one's really good. I mean, well, I like the second one a little bit first more. First one's good. I love the first one. Third one is entertaining. I think now that I've watched them again recently, it's the fourth one that really goes like one-liner crazy. Because the third one still it's does on the brink, it, but it's on the brink of the as 90s, bad dude. as the rest. It's on the brink of TV sitcoms and shit. They were, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in talks of making a day-to-day, day-to-day Freddy Krueger sitcom. 
Really? They did have a series. It was an anthology, and he was like the host. <laughs> so you're telling me it was, it was like a Tales Freddy's of the Crypt? Nightmares. So basically, Tales of the Crypt, but with Freddy. Yeah, Krueger. with Freddy Krueger. Oh shit, bitch! That's... It's about to get real frightening. <laughs> I remember in Mortal Kombat. I forget which one. He was a playable character. He could fight as. Him. Oh, he's in that. He's really? A... Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Was... But is they have. Um... Is he any good? Jason's he's in the, the latest reboot. one. Uh, uh, Freddy, not the classic the, one. He's the 2010. The one that... No, they they rebooted. When was the last reboot of Freddy? That was 2010. 2009, 2010. 2010. Yeah. When Rorschach played him, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I had some hope. I mean, he's he's a good actor. I, like, I mean, I, I like saw it. It, it wasn't very good though. I didn't watch that. One. It's like going Jack back O'Haley? to like Jackie Haley or something like that. It's like going back to like I was talking to Jawal. Like you can't make these like monster movie like slasher guys. You can't reboot them anymore. They were cool in the eighties yeah. and like yeah. now you they're can't just reboot Freddy because he's so fucking corny, corny dude. and not yeah. And it's just scary. like all of these guys are like. There are new threats to be worried about than just this like monster guy. Like it, it, that's why they never work. Like, and not to mention, it's like Freddy, dude. You're a child molester. Just leave us alone already. Yeah, no why one do they cares keep about you? Faking this guy. <laughs> like why? Like why do you get to come back? You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> he was a diddler, alone, dude. He's a diddle. He'll diddle you from beyond the grave. Pedo. Why don't they just like name call him and shit? Like why? The dream I don't diddler. Know why they ever call him out? And I bet that would. Break him and he'd start the dream diddler. I think so. <laughs> the dream diddler, yeah. So, oh, we got the dream diddler again. Oh, oh, oh what? No, shut up. Me. Shut up. He's like, shut, shut the fuck up, bitch. That's one word he really <laughs> likes to use. It's bitch. really funny. Rick and Morty really nailed him on that one. He <laughs> loves using the word bitch in those films. Yeah, he really does. He just has a good roll to his B or a, a good thrust in his He really B. does. He delivers that word perfectly. I don't think anybody else can say it besides like Samuel Jackson and that level. You know what? I did see this Freddy Krueger. Now I remember it now because they had to go to a party in like, uh, like a hayfield or something, right? And they're like having a rave out there. Oh, that's Freddy versus Jason. No, no, that's I know that one too, but I th- I think they do it in this one too. I want to say Oh, in the in, remake? In the they remake, yeah. Freddy versus Jason, very underrated film that I th- always enjoyed. I never watching. got to see it. I it's wanted funny. to as a kid, but never had the chance. I saw it and it's I mean, I don't know how it holds up now, but it was funny. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it today. It was entertaining. It's not good though. No. Whatsoever. Did you guys ever catch the 20, Although it is, the 2009? It is uh, it's a treat to see um, to see Robert England play Freddy Krueger. He's uh, he is that character. Yeah, he is. Did yeah, you guys he ever, really uh, is. He embodies it very well. I mean, it's I think just... at some point the appeal to him was his whole charm and shtick, and like how creative and demented he was in killing people. See, that's mm-hmm. a hard guy to remake. Like he had so much personality. Like, he was a very outgoing personality guy. Like. Goddamn right, bitch. He had full-on dialogue where, like, <laughs> Jason and Freddy are just this, like, silent, mysterious killer out to fucking chop your ass up. Uh-huh. And, I mean, the, again, like, the comedy aspects of it, you can't deny, like, that's another reason why you can't really remake them anymore because, yeah, yeah. you're, like, they're just too comedic-looking now. Nobody and, wants like, one-liners sort of like that like, anymore. Yeah, they're caricature. They've become caricatures of exactly. themselves so much. Like, if someone tried to do a Chucky... Reboot. I just they fucking are. Laugh have. They've because, done a bunch. Oh my god! Didn't we talk I mean, about this? Heard, apparently, the, the curse of Chucky. Oh, I know you guys. That one on Netflix, but that's is like that like no, a... no, that's a continuation. That one embraced oh, okay, its absurdity. Okay. That one, uh, you see, should watch that one. Because really? it <laughs> has one scene that I'm not gonna lie. 
you'll know it when you see it if you do watch it it's fucking terrifying like it's okay. actually like oh my god if i were to die and this is the last image i'm gonna see i would really i can't get through awful. it i try to watch it and i was over it i he multiplies himself the cult he, of mr moms the cult yeah, of chucky cult of was ducky. the last one that came out is that the one you're talking about yeah, that's the one that came out earlier this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a terrible... Of all the murders I've seen in slasher films, that one's like, oof, that's tough to watch. Really? Like, ugh. Yeah, it sucks. More, ter- you wouldn't more tough to, to watch than watching someone get chopped in half via their uh, bottom organs. Oh, it's They're fucking groin. horrific, Their groin, yeah. Oh, he stabs your groin, too. He doesn't... He's got no shame in... Ball cutting. Chucky, dude. See, that's like, why are they still making this guy? I'm looking at the images of the new yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so the reboot, <laughs> uh, get this, to this. modernize it, he's like a, he's one of like those, like a smart, not a smartphone, but like a smart, smart toy where he's like got a little chip to learn, uh, like your Alexa kind of shit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. apparently it's no longer voodoo. It's just some suicidal Chinese factory worker who hates his oh, life because, you know, and kills bad. himself and just like about a the modern before he dies. And there it is. Talk about the the horrors of modern society coming to life. I mean, that's cool. Like, I I get where that can play a good element with, you know, modern society and this. Chinese worker just hates this. Dread of of capitalistic, you know, drive. drive I mean, that's a good. Pure insanity. I mean, yeah, that's a nice jab at the Apple. Don't do it with Like, just do it with something else then. Don't do it with a killer Alexa. Killer doll. Like a phone. Alexa wakes you up at random hours and then makes you, like, drive into a lake. What if your phone could kill you? That's basically a Black Mirror episode. Chucky is a Black Mirror episode. Write the Black Mirror episode for Smart Chucky and I Chucky. I got you. I Chucky. I guarantee that that would be the next one to come out. I Chucky. I Chucky. I don't know. I Chuck. Okay. But yeah, Curse of Chucky. The cult. The cult of Chucky. But again, like you can't reboot any of them. The characters are just kind of. One and done. They're stock now. They're canon. They're they're. If you're on a shirt with <laughs> yeah. bling, you you're know, done. <laughs> that being worn by some some cholo in fucking East LA, you're you're good. I think your history. You know those shirts made a comeback. They really did. Yeah, Supreme has their a funny Chucky one like yeah, that. They're they're back. Oh, I don't doubt that. Supremes all over. They, that. They've I been mean, taking they're... that fashionista style. Now they're like probably a hundred dollars of like having Bugs Bunny with his pants like those are right into his ones. hips. With the doll, with, the, very, with his arms crossed in the hat. Reboot for sure. It's a what? I mean. 90s style reboot like, oh yeah I, I feel like more like early aughts just early like aughts. yeah that's true i feel like we're gonna start getting blamed. reboots of those horror movies now as well like horror characters well, like, there was a new scream those... i think that came out not that long ago but there was uh, a scream tv series that i think just yeah, ended and then there was like seasons in there was that blair witch one that we talked about as well oh and god then, um, I don't know what else they've made that's been from there, but like, there's really nothing in the '90s. Remember? Yeah, the '90s that's were dry. True, yeah, the '90s kept borrowing from the '80s. It was also a very comfortable era. I mean, we got to remember that, like a lot of horror films, if they're going to reflect the cultural milieus, then if you're in a in a sort of political crisis during that time, then the culture is going to reverberate into that horror films of you know, of the time. And like during the eighties with Reagan and the, the, the past very, 
uh, uh, close history of like Nixon and Watergate and Iran Contra and assassinations and racial tension and violence. Like it was all promulgating and it was bubbling up and again, like reaching in to these so-called petite bourgeois neighborhoods that always thought they were safe and secure um, away from all the noise and suddenly it's reaching into their homes and they don't know how to stop it because they fucking ignored it for so long. They didn't pay attention to it. And Well, that's why like a Scream movie works because it basically was commentary and a whole reflection on the fact that the horror movie moves horror movie like market was just oversaturated and these tropes i mean the whole movie is like they're calling out tropes jamie kennedy's character is just to like call out like oh you don't do that in a horror movie bro yeah kind of shit yeah exactly and like i i and that and again the it was a very safe time during the 90s with you know clinton and stuff and and then you get to bush era with the, a lot of torture porn that kind of that that word itself became very recognizable during that time because you had like the saw franchise starting to kick off and like hostile. a lot of these hostile never watched that franchise really? films that's that was that made oh. you want to you know squeam and squirm and stuff in mm. your seat and it was it was very much kind of prying your eyes open in terms of like our reality again. And then you get to our era now with fucking, you know, Trump and stuff. And, um, we already had like get out for instance, in terms of racial tensions and what's going on, you know, well, Josh was telling me about in terms uh, of like cultishness, like American horror story that that's like a big theme of it. Josh, you were telling me that that was like the whole Trump era is like, a big aspect of this new season. Well, I haven't, I've only well, seen like that's what minutes. I thought. They changed the, the way the season starts is it's an apocalypse and it's due to like Trump's uh, engagement with like Korea and stuff like that. They like today. Oh, really? On it. That's like the, no, what they well, like say, or well, that's what they say. They're like, yeah, Korea has launched a miss. They, you know, that Trump is in, is in presidency. Cause in the last season he gets elected and that's the whole thing. Like there's a cult and like all this weird shit. It's stupid. Um, they're like targeting some LGBT community yeah, people yeah, in yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah. And like, uh, so American Horror Story, is, if anybody's doing it a lot, it's American Horror Story to the point where it's a little bit too much and a little too literal. Um, mm. Too on say. point. Yeah. But I mean, like, you you definitely are seeing the influences of our like society now so, or seeping even into the Purge. Film. The Purge. You know, like, yeah, for starting sure. recently, too. Like, I mean, yeah. people are, are very much coming to well, the, the Purge awakening that. Like, <laughs> during the Obama era, right? I think that so, but started it started in the Obama era. Also yes. during like Occupy too, you know, like mm-hmm. a true. very that was big true, yeah. part of this sort of economic awakening and crisis that people were starting to find out that they were coming into this life that wasn't designed for them anymore and wasn't economically sustainable. And we like reacted to it. And I think the purge makes really good light of that, of those themes and I mean, especially the like, great. especially now that with the overwhelming statistics that are out there about like the majority of wealth being controlled by just like a one percent, mm-hmm. you know, of people, and while the mass amounts of people are just like fucking just dying, living to die, yeah. it's I I those elements too. I wish were used more, but I mean, I, in a sense, they kind of are. With, you know, like, 
we're saying with well, uh, I mean, we purge see, and the purge and, and also social anxieties of of having to be part of the same flock. You know, if you don't believe in these certain ideologies, then you're not one of us, and thus you must be exterminated. I feel like uh, Black Mirror touches on that a lot too, and a lot of the uh, the themes of a lot of their episodes, like the episode with where the everyone's running on a rating system, you know, and you have to like have oh. a five star mm-hmm. rating. That's social horror. That's some social horror too. But there's yeah, other yeah. episodes too that touch on, like definitely touch on like the economical like disparagement. Can't think of them right but, now. Uh, <laughs> like sci-fi social horror. Yeah. Was Black Mirror. But it is fucking scary, though. It is terrifying. It is. Just I a mean, different yeah. kind of terrifying. Like those assassination dogs. Remember that episode? Yeah. Of the the bees. Assa- and now we're like watching these videos of fucking dogs dancing on Twitter. Like I, I was watching this mechanical <laughs> dog that they designed. That yeah, looks thought- exactly like the one... From fucking Black Mirror, and it was horrifying it's to see it just like, like to Bruno Mars, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I just watched it that was. Video. It, it looked. It's doing that stupid like corgi dance. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, where, where it's, it's like up on its hind legs. Yeah, you seen that yeah, one yeah. with the legs like running up the stairs, yeah. and it looks like they've almost perfectly mastered that motion of like jumping off one block to another why block. Do they need to, why do yes. they want to build that? That dude. was fucking terrifying. Exactly. That was why? probably why the do we worst need that? one I've seen. Like, uh, just as uh, we could. I think it comes back to like I mean because like an alien you know with um, with David he doesn't he get asked that question too or he no he asked that question in Prometheus uh-huh. to um, one of the characters I forget his name but he's like well why did you build this you know like yeah. what was your what was your motivation to do that and you just that other guy just responds oh because we could. Mm-hmm. Just because we had the resources and we wanted to, we could, you know. Yeah. And David responds by saying, "Like, imagine hearing that from your creator. Yeah. You know, just like, yeah, yeah, because... oh, we just created you because we could. Yeah. And like, we could easily dispose of you, and yeah. that's what exactly what happens anyway. Yeah, they don't really trust them even in the first Alien when they find out that uh, I forgot who what the, his character's name. David? David. No, no, I'm talking about Alien. They find out there's a synth in their yeah. in their cruise ship, and then they they get all distrustful because he gets sent from the the company. Oh, Ian Holm, uh, the, in the first Alien, right when he yeah. starts spazzing out. Yeah, and they're I like, "What the scene. fuck, yeah, dude? That <laughs> yeah. part's so fucking wild." He's such so a it's great not like actor. that they built up that. Yeah, he is. Didn't he just pass away? I think he's Thank still you. alive. Honestly, I don't think he passed away. I would know mm-hmm. because he was Bilbo, and I keep track of. Yeah. Keep your Lord well, of the Rings let's uh, let's all burn all the smart people at stake. Ian Holm, Moral come the on third world ballers. <laughs> burn Holm the smart people. Burn yeah. MIT. Burn them. <laughs> he reminds me of. Uh... <laughs> Let me ask you about Brazil. How was it? No, the film. No, I He's know. in a lot of weird, like just random uh, character films. Yeah, he's he a is. character actor. He really is. I'm looking you at don't his, really uh, know his name. He's never been really famous, but you know, you know, but you know him. he looks like, like a yeah. you like know a, of him. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. He was in a little Garden bit. State. He reminds, me of Anthony, he reminds me of Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. What? Really? Anthony Hopkins? He well, looking like... at this old picture of him, he looks a little, a, a lot like Anthony Hopkins right now. No, he doesn't. I can't. Anthony, I, Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins is his own human being. I think yeah, he is a robot. Anthony... <laughs> Hello. Well, he is. A, he's basically becoming his Westworld character in real life now. I, I'm yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> he just talks slow in a British accent with like a slight question at the end of everything. Yeah, is yeah, it, it is. Everything's Josh, a little bit of a question. Is it? <laughs> what are we meant to do, Josh? <laughs> I think he just you. thinks everyone assumes he's like that, so now he has to be like that. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Like, he's the greatest he character has to actor just be of Hannibal our time. in real life. He is Hannibal. Probably. Now. Don't worry, I won't have a bite. Well, I might. I'm just oh kidding. god! See, everything's a little question. It's a little like what? I'm only joking with you, Jawal. Do you guys like my Anthony Hopkins? You guys are both. Uh, sipping. Sorry, I didn't like it. It was okay. Uh, needs sick. work, dog. But uh, thinking about it, dude. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of the films that kind of came around, came out around the Bush era, and it is definitely much of that torture, torture porn. Horror aspect, about you know, like hostile too. Hostile, man. I, when I was a kid I and I saw I saw that film with yours, I was petrified, dude. I was so scared to like. I wasn't in a why big travel. Yet to visit Eastern Europe. Yeah, dude. That's or just stay in a hostel. I mean, like now hostels are completely different. You have like Airbnbs and shit. But when the hostel came out, I was like, I'd never seen anybody get murked up like that and captured so easily like that too. Yeah, it I just never seen somebody's Achilles tendon get to cut. Travel. Yeah, that yeah. was the worst Seeing one. Their Achilles, Achilles tendon just like in, snapping, uh, like uh, in a pet cemetery, I think. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Ah, uh, but this one I was just—I don't know it. something about it. it was just so brutal. Him well, trying to so like slow. walk out of the chair. He and does like, it so slowly, oh, no. and oh, you know, no. you don't immediately well, see what he's doing. That he was in was also just terrible. They thought of everything. Mortifying. Yeah, like. I mean, the old man in Pet Cemetery is like in a room and shit, and the kid oh, does it. Yeah, and like, want to go down that road? And this one, this guy is naked, <laughs> strapped to a chair, vomiting on himself and shit, like getting drilled in his thighs. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus Christ! Hey, the remake yeah. in that so one. Sad. The remake? Yeah, we saw the trailer for it. Oh, with, Pet uh, Cemetery. The dude. Oh, you're talking about Pet Cemetery? Yeah, yeah. I think they've added a girl look? character into that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look bad. Could be like good. Whatever. Could be like, I mean, I imagine it'll be like an it level one where it's like it's better now that it's probably closer to the source material, and it's what, not. It doesn't have that eighties. What do you 80s think is kind of like cheesiness? The, I mean, because I know some of it has to do with you know wanting to reach like a newer audience and stuff. But what is this just like complete fascination with? doing remakes and stuff it's like, easy that's it's always just, been a part of money. the culture yeah. i know but why like i just don't like people don't why, want to take though? risks people are always risk and there's a pre-installed base yeah exactly so there's oh like basically immediately people know what pet cemetery is but i just feel and like it, it just doesn't make it your own anymore it really is like, not that's why they never that's what they never not. work they never they well, it, did it was well, never but... anybody's it was always stephen king's like the shining is his I yeah. mean, our uh, no, our I, culture I, has been obsessed true. with him. Well, I you know mean, what I mean in terms of like, because like from book to film, that's I feel like those can be separated enough because they're such completely different. But art a film remake, yeah, differently. But like remakes of films that are already renditions of a thing is yeah. like, come on, you are just de- like diluting it more and more. You know, to <laughs> well, the and they're. Where, they could you say that the they're base. trying to make a closer adaptation, like because you can make sac. You can't. I mean, I feel like you can get away with the clo- like the it remake is probably a little closer to what it was in the books than the original. Than the original, which is a TV mm-hmm. series, so that was kind of open for it. In but the same would way, you say that would you say that you would have been fine 
if it never happened, if the remake never happened? Like, could you say that, like, you're fine with it have never existing, you know? Yes. That's tough for me because I don't really care for... I don't really remember watching Pet Cemetery. I guess maybe at a different example... I, or just, like, any of the remakes, I guess, that have... I was cool with the Knit remake. I okay. actually wanted that. And I also wanted it because the guy who directed the series showrunner for True Detective was originally on that. And that really got me excited for that. Kerry Fukunaga. I mean, sometimes yeah, it works. I sure. really wanted to want to know how that would have looked. That, that well, I mean, they took a lot really of... Gritty. They still kept a lot of his script intact. Like the 80s, all that was his work. And I think you could still see a lot of his fingerprints in the It remake. Or reboot, mm-hmm. or whatever like it's called. Desolate, almost desolate town, untrusting citizens inside of it yeah i see those the aesthetic is definitely there for sure not at all narration or no no it's too comedic character yeah i get what you're saying like basically fucking um uh what the fuck is that stupid show uh big bang theory no stranger uh, things not stranger things yes it's basically stranger it yeah. Well, it the thing things. is, Stranger Things is actually more it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's really more closer to Stand By Me, which is also Stephen King's book. Uh, which true. in itself is yeah. just... So Stranger Things is really the ripoff. It's more like it is really the precursor. I mean, we've it's always all we've... Like d- diluted through <laughs> it's, the same it's, stupid potion. I don't know. It's don't... webbed up now. Yeah, it's a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of this. Well, that's what I... I I would have to say we don't need these remakes of these films because then this happens and then it's just like what's the point? Where did this push any of this like story further? Most of the time they end up just sucking anyways too. Like, Unless the it like original director I feel maybe is do doing mean? it. Unless the original director is doing it. Yeah, like like with Alien for instance, you know, like at least Ridley Scott was the one doing that's it. That's true. That's his. Well, yeah, for these new ones. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess well, that's, not, that's back, not so much sort of. of a remake, like as it is a continuation of the story. Like I don't mind like continuations of the story, especially with Alien, because it's such a vast like world you can go into. Because there's literally aliens in a big ass universe, so yeah, there is yeah. like a lot of room to just make it more of a sci-fi film. But where if it's just like a like the new Predator, like we don't need Predator anymore, dude. Like, yeah, how many yeah. times? But that's actually that a guy color? who. He's the guy who wrote it, and I he's still, the one who that doesn't, was in that the original movie. For me, though. Like, so he took over his franchise back. So, well, I heard that one was a terrible too. So. Wait, yeah. Josh, did you say that you saw it? No, but I've heard oh, okay. I've heard bad things from it. I've heard that they oh, okay. had to scrap a lot of the third act, which is where you can see that Anything the movie sucks. Olivia Munn touches. Keegan Michael Keel just like yell a lot in the movie. Just let's go. Apparently, he's yeah. him and Thomas Jane are the only like worthwhile parts, and what's his, Sterling surprised. Brown too. You mean Olivia He's doing Munn the anger consultant the-, the whole time from his classic skit. He just quotes Key and Peele skills. I mean, yeah, quotes the entire film. He I calls for Liam Neeson. Bitch. And I said, <laughs> You said that? You said that? Yeah, I said that. I said that. Yeah, basically. Sick quotes, basically. dude. Sick but, quotes. Um, yeah, again, I, I think I would be fine with like never having... That's why I was very like I went into this hall. I was you know. I went into this Halloween like not I had no expectations. I was like if it sucks, whatever. Like kind of expecting that, but I was thoroughly surprised with this one. And I, like, I was kind I of really hyped it. on it just because I knew John Carpenter had like given him them their 
the blessings and like okay i like where you're going with see this. there's certain people that like, liked it too yeah there's certain people that like if they are still involved it's good you know it's going to be a quality work like a john carpenter or a ridley scott but there's just certain franchise that are just like just leave them alone like yeah you don't need it I am anymore excited for it second part because i felt like the first chat the tv series really fucked up the adult part yeah a lot it's so, it's that so was corny that was such a missed opportunity and i feel like the kid part is so superior to the adult aspect of the second half of that uh, show. <laughs> the kid so, part is so superior. The little kids are superior. It is. Hey, they were better actors. They really were. Straight up. They, they beat the shit out of the adult ones. The adult one was really corny. Because like, the adult really... ones know that they're being actors and they're trying. And this is the last one for them, too. So they're giving it all they got. They're, kids, that are, yeah, they have their whole yeah. lives ahead of them. <laughs> Kids are trying. The adults are like, whatever, I'm making money off this. So, which is why, and also they really fucked up the ending because they made him into a giant spider monster, which is not what he is. He's an abstract being of the universe. So that's why I'm excited to see what they do in this second one, because I hope they at least nail it or do it more justice. I just feel like nowadays there's no one wants to tie anything. There's no resolution anymore in these films. And I just feel like, I can I'm going to say it now we can probably expect a it 3 and I hope no, not. I wouldn't be I surprised. Wouldn't and it. like even like okay I never mind. I'm not going to say anything about Halloween but uh that one's open too. It. Apparently you I just mean, everything left it is open too. Definitely being set up. Everything is just set up for a sequel. It's like or, yeah, or everything's a franchise being like, set up to be a sequel or to like franchise. End it. People will if it's a good enough film, people will continue to stream it. They'll buy the DVDs. They'll keep talking about it. It'll go down in history as a good film. But they just want to keep squeezing and squeezing and squeeze. It's like they think that volume is better is like better than quality. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. quantity over quality. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, what this uh, ha- Halloween sequel was supposed to be a two part film. But they can that idea. Yeah, they I didn't let them do that. it. See? Jesus Christ, why? Why would you want I don't know. To, like, to make the money, dude? What is the point? I think they wanted to make like a longer Ugh. cut of the film, realizing they had to cut it into two parts because nobody's going to want to release Man. a four-hour movie. I feel like that's what the Rob Zombie so, one should have done. We are so decadent that we just like expect the most from shit. Like, oh, if you're going to do it, you better go over the top. Y'all you know? like Everything needs to be... Way decadent and and indulgent of itself it's so vapid and annoying because it's like then it doesn't make good content anymore because no. it's all about aesthetic or look yeah exactly or it's just a name just a, a something you can halloween maybe mm, but only yeah. if you continue oh. but no i liked it you know what i liked the one movie the no one it was off. good pay- it you worked. know what could have been a series was rob zombie's version because that's fucking a way too long of a film for Halloween. <laughs> the first half yeah, is great, really strong, to see that and then one. it gets like, okay, just fucking do it already. Jesus. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? And there's two parts to that film. So in total, that That's a two-parter. It's like a six-hour like saga. Jesus Christ. And it's only two movies? Each one is three hours? Oh, it feels like it, dude. Goddamn. Oh, I'll say that about the sequel, too. It had really good pacing. Yeah, it does it not fucking kill your time. It doesn't waste it. It doesn't just, like, abruptly do anything or forces anything that isn't necessary or doesn't advance the plot. Yeah. As the critics say, it's a good ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's You'll be at the edge of your seat. Handlebars no. down. White Grip knuckle fury. Oh, it just starts off really good, actually. The first a five white minutes are... A knuckle thriller. Oh, there you go. 
an intense thrill ride that'll leave you gasping for more. <laughs> That's what they want, dude. That's what the, you nailed it. That's what their whole slogan is: gasping for more. You just it's very keep... sexual. Like I mean, I guess, yeah. that's very I hope... primal. You're gonna love it, and you're gonna choke on it, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Watch it, Halloween three. You're just asking for complicity, you know, for their their fucking cruel actions <laughs> to be committed on you. That's what horror studios are like. Just like we're gonna give it, and you're gonna want it. You yeah, imagine explaining it. that scene in Terrifier to that actress. Like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to hang you from the ceiling, okay? Wishbone style. And she's like, all right, what, what's going to happen, you know? And then they explain she's going to be cut in half. And I Turn mean, you I, up. how do you, I mean, as an well, actress, how do you... maybe you're just like, okay, like, I, that's, that could look cool, but well, how do you explain like solo like, to like the actors? Like, how, how did you pitch that? How did you get people on board? In those yeah, movies? like exactly. all the children. Like, how did you get people to agree to this movie? Exactly. You let people how eat their you, own shit or expand their mouth, like get spanked all weird. Like, how did you get people to be in this movie? I don't know. I guess. Well, that's the thing too. People will do anything for money. So but, if there's an actor out there that wants to. Fucking act, then. I mean, sometimes you just got to do it. They'll bite the bullet, dude. They'll put their body through that. The fucking bullet, fucking uh, John Waters or whatever. Hey, Lady Divine or whatever her name is um, mm-hmm. from like Female Trouble and uh, it's like those super underground movies. Um, point is, she ate dog shit on camera, and it was like. Mm-hmm. She How's did that it, like, not randomly, like, like just on, like improvisation, and it it was it's pretty disgusting to watch. Not gonna lie, but he wanted that. Yeah, no, he did it. He didn't tell her to do that. She just did it. She's a method actress. actress. Dude. That's a little much. A little of course, much. but then again, what <laughs> isn't enough on on camera you know like yeah i mean I at the end of the like day actors art. are a different breed of people like they know how to disassociate like doing right? something for exactly. art and then just doing something because it's absurd you know like i've so, seen some I, shit I but it, yeah. i've never you seen come people from eating shit you come from a different cut of cloth if you're just willing yeah. to excoriate yourself like that on screen in front of hundreds of thousands of people nationwide you know like you almost yeah, did I think it. that's still a rare case that's one person. That's a she's a one off. She's a definitely a one off. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. For who? For the person who ate the shit. Oh no no no! I'm talking in general. <laughs> okay, like, I was like, oh man, you really <laughs> defended this one. No no, just like in general, like with mo- with most horror films, like a lot of the shit that these characters go through is like terrifying, and it's funny that a lot of them are just. They're just down to do it. To do it, just down to do it. Like, okay. They like the art. It's right or die. You know, they like to create it. Exactly. It's great. But they are. Look at Christian Bale. God bless them. Yeah, look at Christian Bale. He almost killed himself for the film. He's killing himself now. He got fat and bald. Did he play uh, Dick Cheney? Wait, why he's playing Dick Cheney? Yeah. He looks like him too. It's fucking weird. I'm kind of shocked. Like he actually does look like him, and I, I never thought like, Christian Bell would ever look like him. What? I don't like what's his name as uh, W, though. Really? Yeah, Sam Rockwell, I believe his name. He's is. such a good character actor, though. I feel like he could uh, get lost in it. I don't know. 
I don't think I don't like What is this film going to be about? Just the Bush administration? What's his? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? Ford versus Ferrari? No. Um, Riding I Dick. like what's his name's interpretation of the name it, of the movie. Of w, um, fucking Will Ferrell, the one with Josh Brolin. Yes, there you go. W? I think he did a yes. I think he did a really good job of of playing him. Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think so, but he did. I mean, Papa I, Thanos. No more, no more, Josh Brolin, please, and anything. Papa Thane. You know he came Papa out. Thane. Hard after fucking No Country for Old Men, oh, really that did. kind of like That's... rebooted his career and and yeah. inserted it did. In everything. It really did, yeah. Any grisly sort of old revenge induced man, that was him. You had to put him in there. Plays it well though. I wish I, I hate. I'll forever hate him though for fucking up old boy. Oh yeah, I mean I didn't bother with that one. That was a fuck up from the get go. Like, you just put just him in a horror film. I feel like Josh he would Rowan? do pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he would. He would probably kill it. Like a western horror, why not? You know, like uh, any I horror. Know. I could totally see him as like a very Rem- tortured person. Remake the Headless Horseman or whatever that fucking oh, thing God. is called, and put it in oh, a western. And I'm surpri- you know what? I'm, surpri- I'm surprised he can play he Ichabod Crane or whatever his name. I'm surprised he wasn't Michael Myers under the mask, dude, and they didn't use his ass. Like, <laughs> he could be like the next Leatherface or something. Stern. Yeah, that's true. He'll he be like be a Leatherface or something. Villain. No, he should be Freddy Krueger. No, dude. There you go. No more Freddy Krueger <laughs> one-liner characters. We have enough with. Fucking... We need that. They just the need to put Freddy Krueger inside of like the next X-Men film with fucking. What's his name? Ryan it's called Reynolds. Wolverine. No, it's not called Wolverine. Dude. The Dark Phoenix <laughs> one? No, the next Deadpool. Deadpool 3. Oh. Uh, He's part yeah, of yeah, X-Force? That's right. Yeah, make him an X-Force. Cable. That's right. Yeah, he's going to oh, be in yeah, that too. See, and he was a shitty Cable too. Yeah, they underwrote that. Uh, they Who the fuck wrote that movie, honestly? They I just gave up on Cable's movie. character. They were like, all right, he's from the future and his family's murdered. Let's They gave him no <laughs> him layers to that. Yeah, That's all his shit. character is. Literally, he's from the future, his family gets murdered, and he's traveling back in time to stop it. That's not even like simplifying it. That is exactly That's literally what all his was. character. <sighs> There's nothing well, more to him besides that. Yeah, so this is grizzly. Let's end it there. I'm fucking pissed. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything we learned, there's still some hope in horror films in nowadays. The '80s were a golden age of film and monsters, and taught us a lot about how films should be now. I would say. Any '80s recommendations you guys have? Um, '80 films. Hellraiser, both one and two. Although I like two a little more. The Shining. It's in '80s. Most people think it's '70s. Um, I did. Videodrome. Videodrome. Uh, um, the Thing, uh, obviously. I'm going to go with The Thing. Yes. The thing Portrait sure. of a Serial Killer. That one's really good. Yeah, we didn't really uh, get into that. Uh, the Shitty Nightmare on Elm Street one, movies are pretty entertaining if you need something in the background. I mean, they're I'm staples, you know, in the Dream 80s. Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, the, re- the Reanimator I, I just rewatched for the first time. Also, uh, great film. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the one that has nothing to do with Michael Myers, is really good and honestly just slept good. on because he's not in it. The music is great. And it got shit one. on. I used a song from. For that very reason. I used a song from uh, that film in our latest Halloween mix. It's a pretty good one. It's good. 
The music is great. It's what because it's really in the thick of the '80s, you know. So like drum machines are super prevalent in it. Synth. I think Carpenter roll. also worked on that one. No. Yeah, he did the he did the music. Him and Alan Howarth or some something like that. Because I know that him and Deborah Hill came back to work on that because that's when they were thinking like, "Fuck Michael Myers, let's just like make this Halloween as an anthology series." Yeah, I, I liked that. I think they could have got they could have run with that and just made like. Uh, you know what? Maybe, now, maybe just, now, could, now it would have just been tales from the tales of the crypt. Everything that's a horror anthology just turns into tales of the crypt. True. <laughs> but anyways, there's a lot of good films in the in the '80s that have inspired films now that we love. And uh, yeah, watch them up, motherfuckers. Watch them up, motherfuckers. What about some uh, body horror films we should recommend to the listeners? Ooh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I just watched that again. Oh. Okay. It's uh literally just pod people check it out it's not scary but it's i mean it is it gets you stressed out because it makes you wonder what you're going to do yeah and like an end of the world scenario where it's not obviously the end of the world mm-hmm. i feel that i would say so, my recommendation that's also kind of very reminiscent of the 80s is uh it's kind of a comedy but just a little left field not really crazy is tusk because i rewatched that not too long ago and the animatronics and the like mold of all the way they make him look when he's a fucking walrus is pretty hilarious. It is, and it's so a cool story. Fucking fun, I like it. I like that <laughs> film. Um, and really uncomfortable to watch at points because it's so gross. <laughs> they fight each other. <laughs> yeah, this is so weird. You beat me. What are you? I'm done. We can have a whole episode on Tusk, but anyways. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking. I mean, anything from David Cronenberg, of course. Yeah. Like, I highly recommend watching it all. Both for '80s and just general just body horror. Anything from the '70s to '80s is his prime canon that most people are familiar with. Because, like, he's definitely changed styles in a way. He's kept close to the realm of like filming the body and the sort of metaphysical realms of the body. But I mean, for the most part. All of the stuff from the '80s is very much body horror, and it's and it's Naked Lunch '91, cool. which I would still f- classify in the '80s realm. For which one? Uh, Naked Lunch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was still in that same realm that he was working in at that time. Yeah, so it, yeah. it fits perfectly in with the the others. So start with Shivers. That's for sure. Shivers is really good. I think it's and on... Scanners. He did Scanners, right? Yeah. Yes, he did. Scanners. Um, Shivers is his first, like, mainstream film. And uh, it's just... It's really good. It's about sexual parasites. Oh. Ooh. So, Ooh. And that's... Yeah. Uh, this isn't so much a film as it is uh, a written... is a manga that I would recommend reading for body horror. Or is anything by Junji Ito. Specifically, Tommy and Gyo. Those are really good. I recommend our listeners go check out. Yeah, he actually just came out with a new comic too, called Frankenstein. Who did Spiral? Um, Spiral. You mean Uzumaki? No. Yeah, Uzumaki has the spiral thing. There. Hmm. The spiral metaphor. But um, yeah, he just came out with a new uh, collected works. Oh, he did a Frank. uh, Frank, Like a Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks really fucking sick. I actually just or I actually ordered it because I'm I'm really excited. Hell yeah! Let us know how it is. So yeah cool listeners well thank you guys for listening this week we did an hour and a half long episode wow Damn. hey dang hey if you're in the alley area come watch me dj on saturday at the verdugo bar 
Hey, hey, get, get your opportunity to meet the ballers. Yeah, get your opportunity. I'll be signing uh, your pod, your iPod, because this is a podcast, <laughs> your, and your phone. I'll be signing your face. I'll be signing you your, sign your AirPods. Yeah, just give me anything to sign. I'll sign it. Um, <laughs> I'll sign your graduation your babies, photos. Yeah, I'll sign your yearbook. If you want me to just write a whole little, like well, we can do an episode in yearbook form. And sign for your divorce our, our papers, whatever. It's all I'll good. just write. Yeah, I'll sign your divorce <laughs> papers. I I am a notary in the city of San Francisco, so catch me there um, if you need a notary. Find me out. <laughs> there it is. If you need a notary Plug. in San Francisco, I'm plugging my new. I'm sign there once book. every five months, so that's the only time you'll be able to book. Yeah, so check it out and check our podcast out every week, and hope you're listening and enjoying it. And I hope you guys enjoyed that last mix we put together. And I hope you enjoy uh-huh. life and enjoy the Halloween season. And go and uh, kill some people in the name of Michael Myers. Because that's what John Carpenter wanted to do. Get some candy out of it, too. Yeah, get some candy out of it. Go out there get spooky. Get spooky, yeah. Summon, you know, do some satanic rituals, whatever. It doesn't Send matter. us your Halloween costumes. Do See what happens. Whatever your little heart desires. Yeah. Right, listen, What's your Halloween out. costume? No, send, you send us your Halloween costumes. Oh, just, I just want yeah, do that. I just want to collect our listeners' Halloween costumes. All right, well, we're <laughs> done with this. I'm I'm ending this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs>